Hello and welcome behind the marquee of the podcast where we talk about what's going on in our art house community at the Michigan State Theater in downtown Ann Arbor. My name is Nick Alderink and I'm the programming and media coordinator with the Michigan State Theater. It has been a while. I know I said that last time when I promised we would be back with more episodes before the new year, but it seems I have lied to you. It has been difficult getting everyone back on the mic, let alone finding interesting things to talk about while our doors remain, for the most part, closed. But we are, of course, open on the weekends now and slowly rolling back into normalcy. So here I am back on the mic. Talk to you. The episode that I have for you today is an interview that Sarah Escalante, our director of programming and communications, had with the people behind the documentary 17 Blocks, now playing virtually at mishtheater.org, our website. She spoke with the director, Davey Rothbart, who was born and raised in Ann Arbor, as he will tell you, as well as the subjects of the film, as well as people behind the camera, Cheryl and Smurf Sanford, along with music supervisor Mike DiBella, all on Zoom with a virtual audience. It's a great discussion about a heartbreaking film, which if you haven't seen, I suggest you view before you listen to this conversation. Again, it's playing virtually at mishtheater.org. That's all the information I'm going to give you. I'll have more to say at the conclusion of this episode. Please enjoy. My name is Sarah Scalante. I'm the Director of Programming and Communications at the Michigan Theatre Foundation and the Festival Director for the Cinetopia Film Festival, um, which is our festival we usually hold now each May. And last year we were hoping to bring 17 blocks um, and all of you on on screen to have an in-person conversation with us. So hopefully we'll be able to do that in the near future. Um, Okay. So first, I guess I'm gonna just introduce to all of our attendees, everyone on screen. Um, actually, why don't I um, in- tell you and you can introduce and say what you did for the film. So Davey, do you wanna start? Sure, uh, yeah, my name is Davey Rothbard. I'm from Ann Arbor, uh, born and raised. Uh, the Michigan Theater is where I grew up going to watch films. So it's very exciting to be sharing our film now with uh, with you through the, through the Michigan Theater. I met the Sanfords in 99 and we'll, we'll get into those stories and, and, you know, but we've been working together on this film for the last 20 years. And, uh, and, and, and my friendship with Mike DiBella goes back uh, even before 99, it goes back to the early nineties when we were roommates in East quad at, uh, at the university of Michigan. Mike's a, you know, he can, he'll share more about it too. And it'll be interesting to talk with him about his experience being involved with the film, but he's, he's a music supervisor for this film and he's just deeply knowledgeable film person, film and music person. So it's been great to have him uh, as part of this project as well. And he's been part of, he's been part like Smurf and and Cheryl. uh, Mike's been part of our Washington to Washington summer trips as well. And, and, and I, I, to clarify, I slept on the couch in DC and you, you had a, uh, you had a futon. Well, well, so. that's actually that's a, that, that's really a great point. Um, you know, so I've been just to say shorthand. I, I've been talking about and and Smurf and Cheryl. I want you two to introduce yourselves in a moment too. But you know, I've been saying um, <laughs> I've been telling people how I met you all. That it was in ninety. It was really ninety nine or ninety eight, maybe when we first met. Um, and I, I I was staying on our friend Seth Mizell's, another Ann Arbor kid. Uh, we were staying on his couch. I tell people I was staying on his couch in, in DC. The truth is, as Mike clarifies, Mike was the one staying on the couch. I was sleeping on the floor. <laughs> Over on, uh, uh, not, uh, I think you had a futon. There was a little futon, a futon on the floor. You had seniority. You were there before I was. I was only there for a few months. So <laughs> it was ninth and East Capitol. And then, so, and then how I met Smurf and Cheryl was going to play basketball. I, 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 was, I would play basketball at 13. And D, Southeast DC, with, uh, just a few blocks from where, where Mike and I lived, um, and I would uh, I would play every day, and I and I met I, I was in my what 22, 23. Smurf was fifteen. What what do you remember, yeah, Smurf? Oh, what do you remember? I, I and, and Emmanuel Emmanuel was nine. He, Emmanuel used to beg to play basketball with us, and he's too we, small to get uh, <laughs> he get pushed around too much. We it, we would be we, out we, there just running around getting in the way though. We, we, we called ourselves the. We thought we were big grown-ups. We thought you know we were we were young ourselves, but we uh, we were like you know you can you can only play when the kids are here. Not, but every once in a while we really needed an extra body on the court, so Emmanuel would come out and play with us. Uh, and um, I mean, yeah. oh yes, go ahead, Smurf and Cheryl. I didn't let you yet. Y'all introduce yourselves. Oh, I'm Smurf. Uh, everyone. 
Uh, how are you all? 17 blocks. Kill. Nice to meet everybody. Cheryl? Hi, I'm Cheryl Sanford, and I'm also with 17 blocks. And those are my two sons right there, Murph and Davey. That's right. Because living in D.C., I... I was really, I was the first time I'd moved far from home. I'd been in Michigan really, you know, every, I'll be out before that. And I, you know, I have a wonderful family, uh, wonderful parents who are watching right now. Um, you know, but, but I, I was also a bit lost and in need of some family, you know, I had Mike DeBella headset, but, um, but I didn't really know too many people. And there's just a certain love that family can provide. And uh, when, so when Smurf invited me over to their house and I, I first got to know Cheryl and Denise and Emmanuel better. Um, you know, Cheryl, you, you, you said that at some point you said it was like you adopted me, which is how it really, it's really how it felt to me because I, I needed that family and you, you invited me in and that meant a lot to me. And it still does. And I feel like that really carried through with the film. It, it really, it to me felt very much like a, an intimate invitation into, into Cheryl and Smurf, into your home and to your family. And we got to kind of see into spaces that I think many of us consider very private, even still now with Zoom and being able to see your backgrounds in your home, but just like seeing the scenes and your interactions in the bedroom and kitchen and living room. I mean, spaces that we usually kind of have reserved for our own family and ourself and really even into your just emotional struggles and journeys. And there was just such a raw and honest way about that. And I know you're, you see it. And I think every review I've read, every person I've talked to who's watched this film, they kind of have that same sentiment. There's just there's these rough, rough moments that are really hard. Um, and I think they shock us because we don't really see that as viewers as we're kind of watching films or TV or just whatnot. It's that kind of like unvarnished firsthand truth telling. And I just, I'm super appreciative of you giving us this insight. Um, and I just wanted to say too, I guess leading into my first question is, um, to me, this is such a perfect example of what I like to call active cinema and kind of just using film and storytelling to help us kind of acknowledge issues that we really should all be aware of. And I think especially the title points out um, almost even more so, it's kind of like it's hinted in the story, um, but really the the title, the 17th blocks, so the like being so far from the, the really the minds that should be paying attention to these issues, um, just of gun violence and recovery and possibility. I feel like those three really came across really strong. But it really, I mean, you really hint at all the social economic issues that just are like very pressing in the news today. So um, I guess just kind of like how I would love to hear more about how you decided to turn just this wealth of recordings that you have and get to return to um, and then just turn it into this conversation. Smurf or Cheryl, do you want to talk about how, how, how the project started out in terms of us filming and then how it evolved? Well, as we all know, I mean, this this isn't the first um, Zoom. So, like we said before, the documentary initially wasn't supposed to be about this. It was supposed to be about us playing basketball. That's what we were doing on the court, playing basketball. Just so it's gonna be like a little story. I'm a. It was just family home videos for our own personal use. Yeah, and playing basketball, having fun, and, and learning, you know, how to use the camera. That's that's how it all started. No, it it we it, it it became a documentary because of that one event. Mm-hmm. Oh, you you muted, Cheryl. And I don't know how we came about. You know, I, I just felt that this is this is what I felt. I knew that I had just lost my baby child. And I knew that this was a common thing in Washington and all over the United States. But I felt because Davey had, they had we had accumulated so many videos that perhaps we could make it into something that could show other people that this is a human being that only got to live to be 19. He's been robbed of his life. I've, the rest of his family has been robbed of him. And what for? Why? You know, I felt that they would 
maybe it would make other people understand and make them see to think about this, you know, that life is, is valuable. And, you, you know, and I thought other mothers would appreciate it, too, that have lost their children, you know? Yeah, Cheryl really had the vision. You know, I was in Ann Arbor, actually, uh, on New Year's Eve 2009. I had a tradition of delivering for Bell's Pizza, where I'd worked in high school and college. Um, and so I was delivering on New Year's, and I used to always talk to Emmanuel on New Year's, give him a call while I was driving around. And I, and I got a phone call from his phone, but it was Denise calling me to tell me what had happened. And uh, so I got to D.C. the next day. And Cheryl, you know, you said, where, where's the camera? And, I was, because I'm used to that camera being yeah. with you. That's why. And, but, but, but you also had that vision. Even in those first days, you know, you said, we have to film all this because you know, this is such a, like you, like you just said, but this is such a common end. story. But, but, but most, most kids is, what's that? That wasn't the end. That, that wasn't yes. the end. Yeah. You, you, you knew what, what you were going to be walking through in the days and weeks to follow. And you had seen it, you know, other friends go through this, but, but, but their kids hadn't filmed themselves and, and had their family been filming since they were nine years old. And you, you said, you know, we could put people in my shoes, kind of like what, what Sarah said at the beginning here about, you know, you, you all, you just letting, not just me into your family and, and Mike and Zach, you know, but, but also letting, um, you know, other people in by, by sharing even these most difficult moments, you know, but, but you said people have to know what's really going on. People have to be able to walk in my shoes. They're not going to care about this this giant problem that we're that happens to thousands of people on the country every every year. If if it's just a statistic, they're going to care about it if it feels like it's someone in their family. If it feels like we see yourself, and so, yeah, you know, and and, and and visionary. Oh, visionary. Yeah, good. Oh, I was just going to say, I thought you did a really nice job of even kind of hitting it home with that, with the end where you just have the, you know, you have that, we kind of through Justin kind of got to see this new possibility and then, and your other grandchildren, Cheryl, and then you have the end and you have the credit moments and you're showing all the names, just like massive amounts of names and names and names for even a, not that long of a period of time. And then we go into these old kind of the, the lighthearted, happy videos that we didn't see the like goofing around. And it really connected me back to the moment where, where Cheryl, where you, where you basically say just like, hope is real. You got to keep hoping, you know? Um, and I, yeah, I think it's, we need more stories like this. And it's not even that it's a story. We need more proof that like, these things are happening and they're impacting all of us and we need to do something about it. It's not just something you read on in the newspaper one day and then you go have your coffee and forget about. Um, you know, you know, this, uh, this, uh, this idea just popped in my head. I haven't really thought about it in this way, Cheryl and Smurf and Sarah, but you know, I've realized that people's like in around the country, some people have attitudes about COVID as though it's like not happening. And like that though, as though they're safe from it or they don't have to worry about it or it's not affecting them. But I think it's kind of the same with gun violence too, you know, where it's like, if it hasn't happened to someone in your life or someone that you know, or, you know, that it's easy to just imagine that it's not really happening. And so that's sort of what this film, I think what Cheryl's idea was and what we've tried to enact is like, like make, make it feel like it is happening to your family. Because when you, when you meet Emmanuel and he's a little wonderful nine-year-old kid, you know, you fall in love with him just like all of us did. did. And, and so it, it does, when you, you know, when it happens, you, you do feel like it's happening in your family. Um, I feel yeah. like you also did a, a really good job with this of kind of reminding everyone that that we can all make a movie. It's, you know, it's not necessarily going to be like this big Hollywood blockbuster or what you want it maybe to be. But at this point, we can all pick up our phone and we can make a movie and how and kind of like we have all these social media platforms now to even like get that out to other people. Um, which I thought actually took to kind of lead on to a, another part of the conversation. Um, I I think because I, I work in a theater, I see a lot of movies. I like pay a lot of attention to formats and whatnot. And you definitely the story kind of progressed with the just kind of the the span of the twenty years where you start and you know we can tell it's kind of like the more 
rustic old form of picking up a camera and recording stuff. And then, you know, once you get to the Webster house and Emmanuel's it's uh, much older, and then we kind of see the the aspect ratio change. And it's like that 16, nine, what you're used to, there's a like, there's a little bit less of um, kind of like that edge to the filming. And it made, it was interesting to me because I think I read Davey that you pretty much picked up your first camera at the same time that the Sanford started playing around with it. And I'm assuming that kind of that evolution came in with your own learning. More or less, you know, I, I was at, at Michigan. I, I, I took one filmmaking class with the great Terry Saris and um, oh, who is that, who's listening. Oh, great. Was well, well, she, you know, she, what you said resonates because, you know, that was the first time I had picked up a camera and I always thought, yeah, that you had to be in Hollywood and, you know, to be able to make a movie. Yeah, and she, most people think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she just passed me like a, a VHS camcorder, you know, and said, go, go make something. And, um, and so I went to Bell's pizza and made a film about our friend Seth, who was also a delivery driver there. And, uh, and so that was really like my first movie. And, but, but I had, you know, this was, this was the first time I got my own camera right after graduate, leaving Terry's class and graduating. It, it kind of inspired me to want to make more stuff. And so, yeah, I got just a little handheld camera, I used high eight video cassettes. So I was learning how to use that camera. Of course, you know how kids are with technology. Like it was Smurf, Denise, and really Emmanuel that figured out how to use it more quickly than I did. And, and so, you know, I, I, I agree. Like, it's great now. Smurf, I don't know. What do you remember? It's about? a scene in the movie. Remember when he was like, uh, man, he was like, Smurf, don't look at this. Remember? Just playing with the home. settings and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I edited out with the, uh, the, the um, yeah. Are you, still, crazy. are you still filming, Smurf? Do you still pick up a camera? Do you have one lying around? Nah, I don't. I don't really film, but I take pictures though. I like taking pictures though. We, we we hope to put cameras in 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 the hands of uh, the next step is is for Takeo uh, Smurf sons, uh, little, little Smurf or Akil Junior um, and Takeo and uh, and Justin to to start filming and they'll pick up the cameras next. Yeah, and I I'm just gonna point out that fun. Film is just pictures, so you you're still yeah. telling a story with what you're taking. Mm-hmm. They they uh, everyone embraced it and and we had fun with it. It was just one activity we did among many others. Um, through the story on that, so I was interesting to kind of to watch it um, after watching it again after having just like watched and just be focusing on the story and trying, I found myself trying to figure out when I could tell who was behind the camera. Um, and I found that it wasn't actually that easy. <laughs> we don't even know, we don't even, we can't always even remember who was filming what, because the fam- the camera got passed around. You know, I, I would leave the camera with Smurf, you know. But a lot of the, a lot of the filming Manuel did do though. Like that was the Manuel with that film, that camera, a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like you said, like that. If now the the hand, the tools are in the hands of the people, and if if you can buy you know a camera for a few hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks even now, um, you know a nine year old can can film a, a movie. So you know that's what you're right, Smurf. Like Emmanuel was 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 filming a lot of that stuff, and over the years it it passed around. Jen Teixeira, our wonderful editor, she probably might know who was filming when because she can probably hear the voices mm-hmm. with the clips. But I, 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 some shots I know and some I, I really don't. I know, I know you shot some Smurf and I know Denise shot some too. Wow. And, and I filmed some. And also Ra- Rachel Dengues, who's another Ann Arbor native, um, she, she can't join us today, but, but um, she, she filmed a lot too. She, she got to be friends with the family. You, you all know Rachel and she, she was there even during some of the toughest moments. And, and, um, she, she, uh, she brought a lot of skill with the camera, but also, um, uh, like a big heart to it. So. I, I love that. I, I love that you don't necessarily know yourselves. So I think that that adds, uh, another level of just like genuine um heart to it for me so i'm i'm really happy to hear that um i guess to mike i I was telling mike i actually had a music question um and so i was happy to see his name on the list because i know he's really involved with that but i thought the music did a really nice you did a really nice job of kind of tying in the introduction and progression of characters with the music 
um, which I thought was great. And I actually, and then for Davey, you too, I saw you were, you co-wrote some of the songs. So I'm just, I'm just curious about the thought that went into the music. Mike, my, my, uh, we, had, we had a great composer, Nick Urata, who's from the band Devotchka. Uh, he did the Little Miss Sunshine, um, the, you know, Oscar nominated or Oscar winning film little miss sunshine he did the score for that one um and he 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 composed a lot of the music but then there was times when we when we needed music um and uh and that's where mike was able to get get involved um because he has such wide contacts through so so many talented musicians mike do you want to talk about how how you sorted through how to help us find yeah 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 without really um touching on uh like but but no uh it it, we needed some instrumental stuff uh davy had picked out davy and jen had picked out some like dj shadow and and other really big name producers and and instrumentalists and hip-hop and 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 um and uh yeah quite quite frankly with the documentary film budget couldn't afford to get those songs licensed so um, I know my share of producers, hip hop producers, Philly. I I've spent a lot of time in Philly. I lived there for ten years, um, and I two two of the musicians that um, are featured uh, on the film are from Philadelphia, um, Hectic Zenus and I Alive. Um, Hectic Zenus actually composed two of the scenes. Um, so there's three scenes where he actually sat with the footage and composed two. To the, the visuals on the screen. So, and the other two is the other two songs were just placements, instrumentals that Jen decided uh, would fit the would fit the um, fit the scenes that were needed. So, um, it was a it was a pleasure working on the film. Um, and and this this is more of a big picture thing. I, I don't know if we want to get there yet, but I do want to talk about. Davey and I talked about this during during this process. This, this film is yes it's about it's about dc it's about the sanford family it's about gun violence and the tragedies and the lives that are taken but it's also a film about loss and grief and and, and i think anyone who's reached a certain age has lost someone someone special to them so for me i lost my little brother in 2016 and uh so I could I I could watch Smurf on screen and feel what he was feeling, feeling some of the guilt because I couldn't. It's a different situation. My my brother died of natural causes, but I couldn't I couldn't save him. I, there was nothing I could do, and he's gone. So we had some discussions around this at Tribeca, and we talked about this and how it's about the Sanford family. This film is about the Sanford family, but anyone can relate that's lost someone. So that's all. Beautifully said, Mike, and I agree. And I, I totally agree. That's, that's, that's what, that's the gift that the Sanford's Smurf, Cheryl, Denise, uh, Justin, every, any manual have given us is, is by, you know, by sharing themselves so openly and so, you know, candidly like they're 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 giving us a chance to find ourselves within their story you know what what are the what are those pieces of it that we feel and we've been through ourselves exactly exactly and i did wear purple because i know manny's favorite color was purple so (laughs) (laughs) i think too we saw from both cheryl and smurf's stories just also kind of acceptance and like ability to kind of get over like grief and responsibility you feel attached to that grief which I thought was was really great as well I mean we we all face hardships in life some of us unfortunately have to face harder harsher um, hardships than other people and longer and more and it's so unfortunate and unfair Um, but I think I saw in both of your stories just this willingness to kind of accept that and learn how to continue on that there's possibility and growth and i i saw a lot of that wrapped up in that that kind of statement of hope that was still there throughout the whole film even from the moments that kind of like made you kind of just stop in that moment because it was really intense um 
but I, I was, yeah, I, I think this is a film that has a lot of aspects that everyone can relate to and needs to give it a chance and watch and, and see that. And I think that you really do see that by the, by the end of the film. Yeah. I, I, and, and, you know, the film touches on issues beyond, you know, gun violence is, 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 is a symptom of all, you know, of all these other root causes, you know, all this other systemic challenges that are faced by people like the Sanfords living in neighborhoods like Southeast DC, you know, because you, you know, when there's not opportunity and when schools are underfunded and when you get, have unjust sentencing laws, putting people like Smurf in jail for, for long sentences, it don't make sense, you know, and, and then, then fathers are missing from the community, you know, all, all of these, all these things create an environment where gun violence can can fester. So so it's about addressing those issues first, and that's what you know is going to help reduce gun violence. You know, for the for the Sanfords and I, you know, after Emmanuel passed, Cheryl said, you know, she called me and Smurf and Denise together, and she said, you know, what can we do to try to? This was at that hotel on New York Avenue. New York Avenue. So after, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah remember that, where, where, you, where you guys were staying after the break-in, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and Cheryl said, you know, what can we do to change outcomes for kids in these neighborhoods so that they can, you know, have some more opportunities? And 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 we were, I I think it was you, Cheryl, or maybe it was uh, Denise. Remembered that I I was talked about um, going camping and hiking with Emmanuel because I grew up doing that. I loved going to Friends Lake and Chelsea and and um, and camping every summer with my parents. It was a special thing and and. And, and I regret that I never took Emmanuel camping, um, but but yeah, it was something we always talked about. And I but Cheryl said, "Well, let's do it this summer. Let's no, let's not look backwards. Let's look forward. Let's do it this summer." And so we we found about ten kids in the neighborhood, uh, maybe twelve. Went from Washington D.C. up to Mount Washington in New Hampshire, and um, had an amazing week long trip. You know, camping, swimming, hiking, canoeing. Uh, it was it was amazing. It was transformational for for you know for the kids. Uh, who participated you could just see it on their faces and and we started doing that we called it washington to washington because we went from dc to washington you know mount washington every year after that we went to a different place and the kids the trips kept growing and growing and growing to the point where our last trip we had 60 kids from dc detroit and new orleans and we went from dc up to uh sleeping mary dunes in northern michigan so it was a long drive but what a beautiful special place and and on another trip to Another trip to, you know, uh, we came to, to Friends Lake. We all camped at Friends Lake in Chelsea, uh, about 50 kids we brought. And, and every year we've done, and we visited Ann Arbor and the U of M campus. And, and you know, that was special too, because all these kids, we always preach college to them, but, but college is like Mars. If you've never been to a college town, you don't know what that means. We walked around East Quad and, and Angel Hall and the Cube. And, um, and anyways, these trips are so special. And so many people in Ann Arbor have helped support the trips over the years. We just kind of do it DIY style every year, like Indiegogo, little crowdfunding campaign and so I'm, I'm grateful to anyone watching who who has supported the trips over the years and and, and or, or anyone watching who who would consider supporting us as we keep doing more and more trips every year it's just been amazing you know some of the kids from the first trip now they're coming back as trip leaders and smurf and denise and cheryl yeah yeah 10 years what? plus strong now so a lot yeah. of kids, they like you said they trip they experienced 10 years of, of fun so yeah yeah and how they talk that's what i'm saying it's generation now talking about it so what are what are some of the what are some of your favorite things and and smurf smurf's kids who have come most almost every year you know mm-hmm. they were they were tiny when we started um a kill was i was talking to him the other day and he said he said I, you going on a trip this year day i said you know i said i don't know i hope we do but you know how everything is but that's that's what it is you know that's something they look forward to now each year they that all the kids all around they look forward to going to that and and just you know having that experience the idea is just you know like it's a week in the woods isn't going to cure every challenge that you're facing but but it gives you a sense as cheryl said remember you said one time it's like it it makes people kids realize the block isn't like your whole world like there's more Mm -hmm. out there i was just getting ready to say that that that's my favorite part is the fact that they learned that the world is bigger than the neighborhood (laughs) and it has much more to offer in fact um i'm so proud that um two of the girls that 
um, attended when they were young. They they probably wouldn't have ever thought about college, but both of them have just graduated from college and they they went to school in Delaware and they, you know, they reached outside of DC to get, to get one their horizon, you know? And I'm just so, that's the best part to me that these children normally wouldn't think about college. They wouldn't think about, you know, a career, but now that's all they think about is, you know, summer camping trip and who they're going to meet and where we're going to go and what we're going to see and what we're going to do, you know? That's what it is. Those trips give, gives kids dreams and aspirations, and that's what we need. You know, makes me happy to see what actually those girls that you're talking about too. They they're in, they're actually in 17 blocks. The twins. You talking about the twins? Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, you see them briefly in the film because they lived in Wingate Projects at the time. You guys were hanging out there on like July 4th, uh, so you see you yeah. see them in the in the film, and they yeah they've gone gone on and done really great things as have a lot of the kids and and also i should mention there's some other ann arbor friends that helped create the trips brandon brandon baugh ryan wyatt and avery brand who came as a, as a camper the first year and is now one of our trip leaders um they're all ann arbor friends who kind of bring the detroit ipsy inkster you know romulus contingent of kids so um it's been neat to see it grow and it's been for us i think it's been something heartening that's come out of a real tragedy you know is to be able to Say, well, okay, 10 years later, we've brought, you know, hundreds, hundreds, you know, more than 500 kids um, to do this special trip um, through through the generosity of, of, you know, people who have chipped in over the years. And for folks who are listening who are interested in participating, can they kind of sign up to volunteer or be involved through uh, the website? Yeah, sure. Um, the website is WashingtonToWashington.org. I'll, uh, maybe someone could put it in the chat. Um, I don't know if I can chat with the attendees, but um, Washington to Washington dot org. Um, and yeah, there's there's a bit of information up there. And then soon we'll have we'll launch our new crowdfunding trip for for the trip we hope to make late this summer, depending how things are going with the pandemic. But um, um, yeah, but we're you know at least they can reach out to us, and get in touch, and we're we're grateful for that support. Great, and anyone can um I'll. I'll... I'll find a moment to put it in the chat, but you can always um, reach out to the Michigan Theater and I'll make sure that a link gets to you. I actually had a question um, from an audience member for Cheryl. Um, so Cheney, hopefully I'm saying your name correctly. Apologies if I'm not. She says, uh, thank you all so much for making this movie and the Sanfords particularly for sharing your family's lives with the world. I think I felt every possible emotion while I was watching. So this question is for Cheryl. As an executive producer, what has it been like over the past year working with other staff on the film during COVID, or I guess just on with Washington to Washington too? And are there any other projects in your future? Um, you got a calling. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully, I hope that we um, will do a part, a, 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 a part two revisit and, and show... Um, how we've progressed and what we've done since that time, you know, to help others, you know, who've gone through the same thing. Um, as far as working with the other staff, uh, I have to tell you about Tribeca, New York. They bring me into this room, right? And all these faces, right? And they're all looking at me like I have the answer. And I'm like, Wow, you know, why did you do this to me? I was just so totally unprepared. So I just stood there and I was like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but now um, everyone has shown love to me. And I don't know, I just feel great, you know, with whoever. I've just enjoyed meeting all the people I've met. And um, it's just fantastic. It's part of my life that I always the dream that I once had is now sort of coming true. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, I have also a question from Ben for Davey and Mike. Um, how has growing up in Ann Arbor affected your storytelling? <laughs> Mike, do you want to take it? Do you want to jump in? Um, well, Davey's the, the real Ann Arbor, right? Um, I, but, uh, as Davey mentioned, you know, we were, we were roommates. Uh, I don't know. I, I think blind is the wrong term now. Right. But we, we didn't know each other prior to being roommates at East quad. 
And I think Davey, uh, Ann Arbor at that time was, was um, I mean, yeah, there was a, the community high people were just very welcoming, Davey's whole crew. And uh, just, yeah, the, Ann Arbor had a lot of magic in the 90s. Um, still plenty of magic, I, I suppose. I, I don't live there anymore. But um, yeah, I think, I think Davey and his crew from Ann Arbor, they had a, a different uh, worldview than, than I did. And um, yeah, there's, there's the whole DIY part of Ann Arbor and kind of the punk, punk rock element. Um, so um, yeah, Davey, take it from there. Yeah, well, well I mean, I, I would add to that, Mike, um, just, I mean, having resources available to us, like the Michigan Theater, you know, I, I, I went to dozens of movies at the Michigan and State Theater and Ann Arbor 1 and 2, to, for people who remember that, you know, over the, growing up, you, there was actually a drive through theater um, where Showcase is now. And you could see from our, I grew up next to Scarlet School. Um, near Colonial Square, but you could you could see through the woods. You could see the drive-in theater screen. So anyway, there was just a lot of whether it was film, music, and other culture. There was so much going on. We had amazing teachers. You know, from in in middle school, I had you know English teachers, Barb Drupal. You know, at high in community high, you had um, Judith Dewaskin and other great teachers, and 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 it and 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 at U of M you know, great film and, and, and creative writing teachers. So people were always, it was just like an environment where creativity was encouraged, you know, and, and people, you know, that it was always around you. Um, the, the Gemini, my, some of my favorite local Ann Arbor musicians, you know, would be playing concerts, you know, uh, in the Arb or at, at Liberty Square Plaza, you know, every weekend you, you could go out and see music, uh, um, and just be surrounded by art and, and know that like, this is a viable life path to take. So for me, you know, growing up in Ann Arbor and being surrounded by, you know, in a place where, uh, you know, creativity was, was so encouraged, it, it really meant the world to me. And it, it allowed me to think, okay, maybe I could make a movie too. Maybe I could write a book too. You know, like um, it's not, it's not just for the rich people or, or the people who, you know, um, you know, like, you know, it really is, is, is anything, anything's possible. Just, just to build real quick, Ann Arbor, the proximity to Detroit is also a unique thing. Um, and that, you know, definitely informs being in Southeast Michigan, for sure. Um, I remember going to shows at St. Andrews Hall when the Fugees and, and you know, Tribe Called Quest, they would all come through. Meanwhile, Eminem was like performing in the shelter and I never went to it. And this is like the mid nineties. So Detroit is a great music town and Arbor is a great music town. Um, so that they, that those things definitely, uh, yeah. Me on my music journey. Well, one of the thing I should mention actually is like, think about this. I, I moved to DC right for, you know, from Ann Arbor and, and I've had the, during some of these zooms I've, or, or even interviews, I've had a weird a question that to me seemed a little weird come up, which is people were like, well, how, they were just like, how did, you know, how were you comfortable with the Sanfords and they comfortable with you when you come from different places and, and have different color of skin, you know? And uh, I mean, I'm curious, Smurf and Cheryl, what, what you, you might say about this, but, but for me, like growing up in Ann Arbor and, and uh, I, you know, my neighbor, next door neighbors on both sides were black. Like my, my friends were black, white, brown, everything in between. And like, that was just. Love is love. It don't matter. Love is love all day. Yep. If you're not taught, if you're not taught, um, okay, like me and myself, I, I I went to integrated schools right when integration came about. But I, as a child, I even had um, playmates, so I never really knew um, there was a difference <laughs> between us. Okay, um, until someone else made it a point to make me understand that they're white and you're black, but. Uh, meeting Davy and my children grew up in, in Maryland. Their first years were in Maryland, so our neighbors were white. So when, I, when they brought Davy home, it wasn't. I just knew he wasn't from Washington for real. But um, <laughs> I just my main thought was what other people are gonna think, you know, when they see us, you know. I, I, that's the kick I get out of it, you know. Uh, I think if I, I, remember, I think it, oh sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, 
if, if, I, if I wasn't from Ann Arbor, like if I was from a place that was more homogenous, I, maybe it would have seemed like a thing. But to me, it was, it was just like people, yeah, like getting along with Smurf was like getting along with any of my friends back home, you know? Back I rem- so I'm, I'm from Oakland, California, and I remember I went to college in Chicago um, and I, I headed there in 2000. And I remember that I, w- I had never lived somewhere where you could, where people almost were segregated by their, by their ethnicity into little cult, like into their little neighborhoods. That was very new to me. Um, Where I grew up, you were pretty much separated by how much money you had and what type of uh, (laughs) housing you can afford to live in. So I, I mean, it really impacted me. I felt like being so, so young and then living somewhere that was so vibrant and so big in a big city. So that part was there, but then it was just very different. Um, And it actually like motivated me to study politics and stuff like that because it was just such a jarring shock that like, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? This is how life is like in other places and that I grew up in a bubble and this is not how everyone thinks. So um, I'm, it shocks me that you even got that question but I understand why you got that. And again, that's why this movie is just so worth getting across so many people's um, eyes. I would like to add on that, that 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 was part of what I was, going through my mind with, um, as far as a documentary, um, exposing to people all over the United States that losing a child is the worst thing that comes about in someone's life, I think. But we see someone dies from cancer, children. We we see the commercial every day on TV, but just like that's advertised, maybe they are advertised how these they're they're programmed these got these brown and black and and and, and yellow too to um have these little gangs and you know because you didn't you stepped on my shoe like, you know you disrespected me and I'm I, you got to go or you know because you 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 asked my girl to dance and you had no right to do that so you got to go. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe we should have a commercial like that, you know, to show them that this is what happens when, you know, this is done, you know, because a lot of people aren't aware of of these things because they don't have to see it. They don't live around it. So they think they might know it exists, but it doesn't exist in their world. I want to mention too, Cheryl, like people often, thank you for that. And and also I want to add like, you know, to see how well everyone is really doing and like you know smurf is flourishing since you know that you see him in the film starting to just starting to work at that giant food store now he's been promoted a number of times he's one of the managers at the store you know he's been really doing critical things during the pandemic to keep uh, people in that neighborhood you know to keep that store going and keep uh, people fed and uh and and cheryl just you know justin kale uh you know, your, your, all your children, Smurf, you know, are on, hitting the honor roll, you know, so to see all this, these great things happen have been, have been great, especially knowing, oh, in the, what's, what's your, what's, I know the dog was bothering me. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I was going to say, who is that, Nina? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's trouble, trouble, troublemaker. Uh, we, hear, we hear you, Nina. Um, on, you know, Smurf, Smurf was looking at a he was facing a 30 year jail sentence and I want to make it clear to people like he was extremely lucky to have that that progressive minded judge who was able to um you know see his his potential and 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 yeah and like m- most judges would have tossed you in jail for at least five or ten years without a second thought and and so I mean that that judge I mean there was some there was some history right yeah, and I'm grateful. Maybe I'm grateful for that history at this point because I think she saw past the fact that this wasn't his fault. What he what he got involved in is not really his fault. It's like peer pressure and you know just circumstance, and that he had to find his way to stand up and and get and push all that away from him so that he could survive for real. And and she knew what it would mean to his children 
uh, to your children, Smurf, and you know, and your and your neighborhood, if for you to be pulled away and put in prison, you know, then your kids would have no no dad at home, and the cycle would continue. So that, but that's a rare outcome. So you know, one of one of the one of the other things we want to do with the film and share it is share it with law schools, you know, University of Michigan Law School, um, other law schools uh, where young judges and young prosecutors are, you know, are are learning the, the trade so that. You know, to humanize the people that are in front of that in front of their bench, the people that prosecutors you know throw away for years without a stereotype, but humanize. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So that people can see, all right, have some context to the kinds of ultimately pretty minor crimes that that Smurf was you know had on on his rap sheet. So afterwards, I will I will send you some connections to help you with that, Davey. Great, excellent, Um, excellent. That, that's my old career path was the law. So good. Well, well. Um, I have a question from Barbara Claver, who I believe is your seventh grade English teacher. Um, but it's for the group. So watching Emmanuel as a nine-year-old boy, we see what an open special kid he was. You say you wouldn't let him play basketball much, but who put the band-aid on him when he was roughed up a little during a game? That was a very touching scene. It was. I especially love um, how they said to clean it up. Like when you get home, clean it, clean it up. <laughs> and that's that's what uh, you got to understand. That's the type of love that went on and, inside the neighborhoods that we was growing up in. And um, that was a friend of his, Tim. And Tim also ended up getting killed later on in life. But before he may will die, but he ended up also getting killed later on in life, you know, due to gun. So that's another reason why this this movie, this documentary, just need to speak volumes about what's going on in the community because it's, it's love. as you've seen in the, from from day growing up and every community is love. But then as we Why get, can't they have the same older, love that they have as a child, as the same love that they yeah, that they but, ex, but, ex, that they exert mm-hmm. as a child. Why is it when they get sixteen and seventeen and they're feeling their manhood that now? It's a whole different then, right. persona, you know. And things change, right? So that's what this is about, right? And 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 Tim, Tim and Emmanuel aren't the only people we see in the film who later were killed either. You know, there's there's your friend Bush, right? Oh, Juma, Juma, and oh, Juma. Life, he got killed two thousand six. <laughs> and your cousin Gene. Gene, he wasn't in the movie, but he was killed earlier before that. So, you know, mm-hmm. the experience. And, 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 yeah. So there, there are there, you know, one of our sponsors for the film is uh, one of our partners is Every Town for Gun Safety, as well as Black Lives Matter DC. And um, and Michael Sean Spence from Every Town speaks really eloquently about gun violence and what, you know, he, he talks about, look, the, there are ways that that like there are proven methods to reduce gun violence in neighborhoods like Southeast DC. But what's lacking is is political will. You know, like if you if you if you build a basketball court uh, in in a neighborhood, you know, a community a rec, community rec center. You know, if you increase funding for schools, um, there's other simple things besides policing, which has mixed value uh, for reducing gun violence. But if you if there's other simple things you can do um, that that some of these small grassroots community organizations are already doing whether it's Washington and Washington or, or ones based within the neighborhoods, like they're doing, but they just don't have this, this, the, the little bit of support that they need to make a huge difference. And so that's, I think why we came really all settled on the titles, not when I say settled, we all landed on the title 17 blocks because the film is a challenge, challenge and a provocation to those in power 17 blocks away. I mean, you could see them from, from 17th of Kentucky where I met you guys, you know, and, and, you go walk over to Pennsylvania Avenue. You can look up the street and see the Capitol building. It's that close, and 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 to to ask those people in the halls you see of power. The difference, you, also, yes. you see the difference. Yeah, yeah. Once you walk up there, you see how quickly things change. That's what Sarah was talking about with her those neighborhoods in Chicago, um, where it's block to block. It changes so dramatically. But but you know, asking those Congress people, uh, senators, you know, it, to think when they're reallocating resources, you know, to, to put money into na- into the na- these neighborhoods, give them. It doesn't have to be a an insane windfall, but just give them some small things that can actually make a huge difference in combating a problem with like this. Um, and, 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 and really it's not just the Congress people, but anyone watching anywhere in the country, you know, to, to let them into the Sanford's life. That's the gift the Sanford's have given. And, and to, and to, for people to ask themselves, what can I do to, to help, you know, these people in the neighborhoods? And, and, and it's just, you know, 
building awareness and and and, keep and um, doing. I think that's yes. important too. Mm-hmm. Yes. What can what can I keep doing? Yeah. What mm-hmm. you know? Or how 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 can I find the, the motivation? A lot of people are already fighting for these causes and 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 working hard to elect Congress people who will do the right thing and support these things. So so those th- that all adds up and and it, it, you know sometimes people you're right need a little extra boost to just keep fighting those good fights. <laughs> So this question, um, I'm, I'm calling out that it comes from your your mom, Barbara Davy, because <laughs> it leads into the question. But she says, it's been fascinating watching the evolution of this film for 20 years, watching you all create it. Um, if you far- foresaw where this was going 15 years ago or even five years ago, is there anything that any of you would have done differently? Good question, mom. um i mean what do you think what i'll 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 try to answer that but with smurf and cheryl and mike what do you what do you all think no i don't i don't think anything should have been done differently because this this movie this my my fault this documentary is so organic that why would you want anything done differently you know that's what it's about the originality in the mood in in the documentary no no i I can't see it I, other than other than I would have liked for the film to come out not during the pandemic, you know, so we could be, <laughs> so we could so we could be doing these kinds of events in person and and you know uh, every town has talked about a thousand community screenings that they want to do when, when the pandemic wanes and 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 so Smurf okay. and Cheryl and I hope to hope to go to some of those, but you know yeah that, it would have been a little easier nicer if we could have been in front of this audience t- in person right now and and having these conversations, but um but I think. You know, I, I think we're proud of the film. I don't know. I don't know if we if we had known that the road would be so long. I don't know if we would have, like, you know, uh, like had the stamina to to like keep pushing it. You know, because it's been a, it's been a lot of work for everybody involved. But um, but I think we're all really proud of it and uh, just grateful that it's it's reaching audiences. So um, people watching now, you know, they can, we, we'd love for people to help spread the word. They can let, let friends in Ann Arbor and, and, and Michigan know that you can, you can watch the movie through the Michigan theaters website, just as you have. Um, you can share information about Washington to Washington with your friends, you know, and, um, and just, you know, you can post on social media, e- email your friends, uh, 17blocksfilm.com is the, is the website. There's a, there's an Instagram page, a Facebook page. Uh, it's pretty active. So, um, you know, get on your social media, spread word about the film, let people know no matter where they live in the country, they can, uh, they can view the film. It's showing in over a hundred cities right now through local theaters and all across the country. So. All right. Um, audience out there, this is, I'll give you uh, another chance to send in some more great questions or I'll start leading it off with a wrap of, of just saying um, what's next for you all. So we can maybe go around. You tell us. Go ahead, Cheryl. Uh, huh? Go ahead, Cheryl. I know. I just said you tell us. Yeah, all right, Dave. You tell us. Well, I'll say I, we're we're trying to get our our new Washington Washington trip underway. We're trying to build that up. We'll see how things are going with vaccines for everybody. We want to do it safely, but whether it's this summer, this fall, or next spring, we're going to be doing some more trips. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna keep working with with our our partners every town and uh, Black Lives Matter DC yeah. to get get the film out there in, in a big way and um and uh, yeah we're doing we're doing more some more big screenings um, over the next couple of weeks um, so and this this even this conversation which has been wonderful by the way Sarah thank you for your great questions and and Mike Smurf and Cheryl for bringing so, so much heart to this um, and and uh, this will be available on YouTube so even if your friends weren't here today or haven't seen the movie yet they can watch the movie and then watch this conversation later but um uh, but for me personally you know i i wanted i wanted to try to do some film projects in michigan uh, i have a, a couple that i'm just uh starting to build up right now i would love to cu- come home and and do some some documentary and and, and script, scripted film projects we'll, ne- we'll need help i know how much i know how what a great time you've had on, on your visits there we've gone We've gone all. Me and you have gone all around the state, from Warren Dunes to Sleepmere Dunes to Friends Lake, and and, and around Ann Arbor. So we'll, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll take you up on that. Sir. And um, it'd be it'd be great to be back home and, and working with people like Mike and and uh, other other friends that are around town. Um, Mike, Mike, and Smurf. All I can say is God brought us this far, and I think He's going to take us a little bit further. You know. 
and, and because he gave us a purpose and we're trying to fulfill the purpose and we're hoping that it changes things. That's all I can say, you know? Well, Cheryl, you've been, you've been so, you've already reached a lot of people, you know, we've done, you know, a dozen of these, or we've done over 20 of these over the last year or two. And like with festivals and stuff too. And like, you're touching people every time you, uh, every time you join a zoom call like this or, or get on stage and, and share your story. Um, and so I'm grateful to you and, and, and everyone in the family and everyone that worked on the film for, for helping us, uh, spread this message and, and, and try to, you know, use this as a tool for change. Smurf, what, what, what's, what's the latest with you? You've been working a lot of hours. How's your, how's your kids doing? Uh, I was on the phone. I was on the, uh, a little Instagram uh, with a kill with a kill last night. He called me. He said, "Look, Dad, I want to show you something." He said, "I know how to cook better than you now." He said, "Wait, the phone was an hour. He cooking a steak." So that's the type of stuff I'm doing now. Just watching my kids just grow and, and you know do the things that I love. You know, that's all. That's 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 beautiful. That's that's really wonderful, uh, Smurf. And 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 my family's growing. Uh, I had I had my, my my first son two years ago, and my uh, one one of the one of the biggest joys for me has been seeing Smurf's kids and and Justin, you know Cheryl's grandkids, the love that they treat my son with, you know, uh, the way they, they you know, because I remember when they when those kids were were in diapers and little toddling around, and now t- the way they're teenagers and they're they're picking up my son and, and uh, showing him a lot, so much love. It, that really warms my heart too. So our, our, our collective family keeps growing <laughs> and that includes the friends and, and everyone that have, that have, you know, joined with us along the way, whether it's through the film or, or the camping trips or anything. So it means a lot. And Mike. I just put um, two links to Washington to Washington in the chat for the attendees. Great. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully we we will we'll have a, a trip underway this uh this this summer, you know, right, Dave? Yeah, I'm I'm I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Yeah. It, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna build it up like we're doing it, and then we'll just see. It, depending on safety, we'll you know if we got to wait from August to October, whatever it takes, we'll 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 we'll, we'll get out there, uh, camping, and uh, making some s'mores around the campfire. It's been a we 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 have so much fun every year, so. Um, thank, thank you to the Michigan for, for hosting this and, and, and helping right. us get spread the yeah. word and get yeah, the thank, film out there. Thank you all for joining us. And for everyone, if you have not had a chance to watch or you want to watch again, now that you've heard some, some great insight into it, the film is still available in our virtual movie palace and we will continue playing it as long as we can. Um, and we will get this YouTube Q and a up there as well. Um, thank you all. This was such a a really great way to both end my week and start my weekend. I really, I really learned a lot and got a lot from this film. And I really hope to continue to help get it in front of more people and hopefully bring you back someday soon to be in this theater on that stage. All right. We'll look forward to that for sure. That'll be really, really special and, and look forward to seeing everyone that's been a part of this call, watching this call. You know, we look forward to seeing you all in person in, true. in, in Michigan, in Michigan before too true. long. So true. Yeah. true. All right. Well, I'm going to call an end to this. Um, everyone, please be safe out there and have a really great, hopefully relaxing weekend. Thank you once again to Davey Rothbart, Cheryl and Smurf Sanford, and Mike DiBella for giving us your time. We really do hope we can have you at the Michigan Theater sometime very soon. If you want to be part of more Q&As just like that one, be sure to follow the Michigan and State Theater on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's at Michigan Theater and at State Theater A2. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating so that we may catch the ears of more listeners. Thank you to Matt G and the Ann Arbor District Library for making sure these episodes drop on a timely basis 
Be on the lookout for another episode next Friday, another interview with Sarah, along with local women chefs from the Ann Arbor area, from Spencer, Lala's, Miss Kim, and Frida Petitos. They'll be talking about restaurant culture, inspired by the release of Her Name is Chef, which opens today, Friday, March 26th, also in our virtual movie palace. They will be talking live next Monday, March 29th at 7 p.m. via Zoom, so you can register at mitchtheater.org slash diversity dash film dash series or be on the lookout uh, for that episode to drop here next week i'm going to do my best to get these out once a week so be ready for that as well in the meantime we want to know what you want to hear about anything you're curious to know about working inside the michigan and state theater or the film industry in general send us an email at btmpod at gmail.com with your curiosity and suggestions We'll be back in your feed very soon, so thank you for listening and joining us Behind the Marquee.